never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around. Hi guys. Welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Mate. Today we've got another fantastic, fantastic interview. I'm really looking forward to this one because I've got Lynn Wadsworth with me. Lynn is a woman who, like me, um, has got an addicted personality. So welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> she has fallen foul of one of these poisons out there, one of these nasty substances that are not peddled by, you know, you know, sort of the dark guy on the corner. No, 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 it's bright daylight where you get those substances. There's nice music playing. You're going through aisles and aisles and aisles of crap. Yes, your local supermarket. And today we're going to talk about sugar. We're going to talk about the highly addictive uh, substance sugar that you can find virtually in anything refined nowadays. And it's absolutely mind-blowing. So, Lynn, I'm so pleased to have you on my show. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. No, it's so crazy, isn't it? Um, often the the nastiest addictions hide in plain sight. And when it comes to sugar, um, it is something that really only in the... In, maybe last 10 years, 15 years, people really clicked on to. Um, how did your addiction or your love affair with sugar, <laughs> how did that start? <laughs> so I'm originally British. Well, I'm still British, obviously. I was, I was born and raised in England. And of course, we're so well known over there for our wonderful chocolate. And so when, when my sister and I were growing up Fridays for my dad was always payday. So he would come home and we'd get our pocket money and off to the news agents, we would go with just one thing in mind. And that was our, our sweets. So that was kind of how it got started. Then of course we'd get Easter roll around and we'd have those Cadbury's Easter eggs and Christmas and we'd have all of the chocolates. But I would say I was probably not as aware that sugar was so bad until much later in life. So when I came to the States and tried American chocolate, it was like, no, this is not British chocolate by any means. So I would find myself going back to England and packing my suitcase literally half full of Cadbury's chocolate. And, and I would there is come, no, yeah. she is not sponsored by Cadbury's. Let me assure no. you. Guys. <laughs> Cadbury's has been bought out now and I believe it's manufactured by somebody else. It doesn't taste quite the same. So Anyway, I would come home and I would hide it in the freezer and I was so addicted to it that if any of my kids had dared to take chocolate out of my freezer and eat it, I would be so, so angry. So that should have told me something that if I would get that angry, I really had a problem. So then I would sneak it into the bedroom where nobody could see it and eat it where nobody could see how much I was eating. And then, of course, the problem with when you're eating sweets is that it uses the same brain chemicals as it does for, for drugs. 
And that's why it's addictive. Same, I'm sure, with alcohol. Um, so I hadn't even realized that I had this whole thing going on where I was actually addicted to it and didn't know how to stop eating it. Um, you know, I became probably 30, 40 pounds heavier in my first years here in the States with this continual going back to England and bringing back English chocolate or mum and dad had come over and they'd bring it over for me. Um, and I just okay. couldn't let's, stop. Let's, let's, let's go one step back though here. Uh, what you're describing is so typical. Okay. My wife did exactly the same. Every single <laughs> English person I know um, has got their, their unique, kind of thing that they're yearning for uh that that be a certain tea that that be a certain chocolate so you're quite right often that more reflects being homesick or yeah, being true. okay so what were the emotions behind that and by the way what did taste different in the american chocolate um I couldn't even describe the difference in the taste. Um, even now, because they sell Cadbury's over here, but it's made by Nestle and it tastes different. So the actual chocolate itself. Now, I learned to love Reese's peanut butter cups and Snickers bars um, because I had to have a substitute in the meantime. But the whole chocolate part of it just had a different flavor and as sure. i say the american cadbury's tasted different what i wonder is how different does the the chocolate really taste in the united states and what i'm after is here not not personal preference but we know that whatever you whatever refined stuff we are buying is actually highly highly researched and manufactured the there is a, a thing called bliss point and the bliss point is something that is created by the food industry which contains exactly the right amount of sugar the right amount of salt and the right amount of crunch and once you've got that optimized every bite is as beautiful addictive as cocaine you might as well sniff your chocolate uh, or inhale it through a pipe because that's about the same effect so um therefore i was just wondering how much there is actually a difference now in in cocoa content and in in the way it is designed to hook you um so but again you know that is that I, what i've told you is a fact um to now go into details to see the the, the way that the chocolate chocolate has been designed or has changed over time to make it more addictive is probably a bit, bit challenging for us at least. But here well, I you... think most certainly it's it's designed and marketed in the United States to definitely be more addictive than it was when I was a kid growing up and having the chocolate. I mean, we didn't have. We didn't have the TV always bombarding us with commercials and you've got to buy this and you've got to buy that. So, you know, I kind of grew up in a different generation. So by the time I came to the States and it was so highly um, promoted and it was made to be addictive, um, it, it really became a whole different kettle of fish. Mm. Indeed. And I think that is something 
that is of course there and it's it's brutal i don't know the the statistics for the sugar um industry um i certainly know that when you look at streaming channels sort of the the let's say some examples netflix prime and other streaming channels um they there was a study done about two three years ago where they watched thousand hours of uh streaming channels of the most popular series uh they were there regardless of genre and looked at how often was alcohol being shown or displayed or drunk or positively uh influenced and it was every three three and a half minutes and the frequency was was staggering but was more interesting for to me at least was that one particular streaming channel actually um all the heroes regardless in which age time or genre they they were based they all liked a certain whiskey and uh then in in the other streaming channel they were much more beer drinkers it was amazing um so talk about um subversive and 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 very quiet advertising uh subconscious advertising yeah that is there yes. all the time and i have no idea about sweets but hell yes um there is we are bombarded with it so you're so right and it's always this positive thing and what are we yes. doing i mean oh uh don't get me on my my little soapbox there <laughs> that's that's not the right way to go let's rather stay with the facts and let's 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 go a bit into the 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 addictive power of sugar so there you were uh going to the states whatever drove you you wanted to eat more you you got yourself the chocolate there how did the story continue well of course i went on to to different things with chocolate because I couldn't always get hold of my British delights. But what I learned was, because it was an aha moment for me when I realized later on in life, what then continued was um, I find found myself, so I, I married a US military man, which is why I came over here. So we would shop in the commissary. And I remember one of my first visits, I found these shelves and this sticks out so much to me. I found a bread shelf and I was actually, as we would say in England, gobsmacked by it. Um, this bread actually lasted two or three weeks and I'd been going down to the bakery every couple of days to get fresh bread. And I was so so in awe of the fact that I could go buy this shelf product and it would last for weeks. And it took me quite some time to realize there was nothing but poison and processing chemicals in there. Exactly. And, and that's where the addictiveness comes in nowadays, <laughs> in the processed foods, in what they substitute in there for, for taste and for it to be preserved. Exactly. Have you ever done the, the, the test yourself that you bought a, a hamburger from one of your fast food chains um, and uh, put it in a box and keep it on the shelf? No, I, I haven't done that. I did. Uh, about a year. About a year in which that thing didn't oh my change. Gosh. And after a year, a little bit of mold started to grow. Um, yeah, I'm not kidding. Uh, it is amazing. 
uh it is so and you just wonder what the nutritional state of that is probably if you right. eat the cardboard packing uh then the packaging around it is probably more nutritious than the burger in its own right but uh, and that's uh. the problem that's the problem here we are looking at those Ooh, i want a nice burger and again bliss point perfectly designed um, yes. to make it just oh yeah so good and i know what i'm talking about because i had that for a long time um when i drove uh, around the country being lots in my car oh straight to the drive-through whatever uh thing it was and got myself that beautiful salty fatty dripping of my chin <laughs> it was gorgeous and i loved it and yeah um interestingly right early on I, I always showed an interest in nutrition so i looked at there's one study that uh, looked at uh at the burger patties and um not 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 the beautiful sort of special burgers that you can buy but the straightforward hamburgers kind of thing and um they got two major brands we won't say which one uh and analyzed the burger patties and the meat content in the burger patty was 13 and 14 percent respectively yes. in that study the rest was grizzle <laughs> whatever kind of shit <laughs> you know, the, the scrapings that you sort of clean up in the avatar after after the hard day <laughs> not kidding this was all a study probably done um so these are these are all the facts but yet we are consumed by this perfectly constructed crap um that uh is unfortunately the addictive and then we call it addictive you, you guys out there think ah come on they're going these bloody greenies they are they they talk shit um unfortunately the studies are there that really uh, high sugar yes. um materials they are as addictive as cocaine really yes. um pretty much on par there so there you went and you're quite right you here you were and it's not just it's not just one bread <laughs> it's aisles of breads i mean in yes. your PA, in your px and in, in your commission uh, commissary you called it um um there will have been you know a certain display um but when you go into an american supermarket as far as the eye sees white yes. bread I guess things are changing and depends upon where you are going. Um, but I think that is that is certainly uh, one it, of the problems. It is, it is still so, though, because most people go in for for foods that are convenient mm. and any convenient food um, really has been processed to stay on the shelf. Mm. And I like to take, for example, um, I teach a class at the University of South Florida and I get into this in more detail, but if you think about white rice, well, what is white rice? It's taken from its original form, it's been stripped of all nutrients, and then it's had chemicals and preservatives and sugar additives put in there so that it tastes better. And then mm -hmm. they've maybe got a different one that they've got and they can put on their healthy because there's one healthy ingredient in there i mean this is how it is in the states um the way that they can package things so it's really important for people to educate themselves because it's not just going in and buying the candy or the sweets it's going in and looking at the 
foods that you're buying on anywhere other than the outside of the grocery store. My rule of thumb is five ingredients or more, try not to buy it. Exactly. Um, and if you look at the ingredients of chips, for example, uh, commercial oven, uh, not oven chips, uh, commercial chips that, that are going to uh, a fast food restaurant, 17 ingredients. You would think potato should be enough and maybe a little bit of something. Yeah. <laughs> but no, 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 17 ingredients. There you go. Wow. Um, and it is, you're, you're quite right. So they are highly, highly processed food. I love the story behind the rice because obviously rice has been forever a staple uh, in the Asian culture. I mean, crying yes. out loud, nations have sustained themselves with rice. Yet, if you go back, uh, once they once it was uh, common practice to create this white rice, uh, many of the indigenous people uh, who were then switching over to white rice became incredibly sick because they, they mm. missed all the vitamin B uh, complexes that were inside uh, outside of the, the starchy uh, inside of the rice, um, the brown stuff, um, and became seriously sick and died. Um, quite amazing so it is um that was one example that it has been forgotten in in the in the dust of history but uh, we can immediately go back and see an immediately immediate change there a negative change in the health of people and we have and in all fairness i mean our lives have changed um yeah. you say convenient well for a single mum who is running around covering two jobs to make ends meet and raising around getting the children to school. I mean, for crying out loud, if I, I want to take my hat off to this woman uh, for the job she is doing. So, of course, yes. she can't be there at home romantically baking her own bread, making her own sauerkraut and and creating everything from scratch. It just doesn't work. Let's be right. clear. And unfortunately, um, many children don't get ever taught the skills that are necessary for survival nowadays. Right. With that, I don't mean um, sexual predators or narcissistic abuse. <laughs> That's a completely different story. No, I'm talking survival in the sense of kitchen skills, gardening skills, financial skills for that matter. Um, right. Did you notice a difference in, in between the UK and the United States when it came to, to the education? of um of the people around you yeah i think in in the uk we were a lot more um aware of what well, we were still like growing certain things in the garden we were still cooking we weren't into fast food we weren't into going out to a restaurant other than for a special occasion and it was all very much more family oriented so I'm sure in New Zealand, the same as the the US, what was a big thing in the health of a family was sitting down for dinner at night, um, having that family time, having time to enjoy your meals, whereas now everybody's running in different directions, looking at their phones, they're not spending the time. There was a reason why people ate that way. For one thing, it's good for your digestion. It's good for your social outlook it's good for your emotional well-being 
And these are all just tiny little things that we've so let go because of our fast-paced life. Mm -hmm. So the, the woman that lives in that busyness with two kids, two jobs, whatever, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of making the healthiest choice possible. Okay, so you can't make your own bread, but instead of buying that poison on the shelves, you can go into the bakery and buy the best option possible instead, instead of going and getting your kids cocoa puffs for breakfast. Um, you can go find a cereal that's got fewer ingredients in it and much less sugar. Um, try switching out their milk to something like a, an oat milk or a, an almond milk or something. There's always <clears throat> a healthier option. Mm. And it doesn't have to be a very slow process because I realize not everybody has time to get into the kitchen and spend a couple of hours planning meals for the week. Mm. Well, that's that's the fact. Um, it is all about planning, and it's all about you preparing uh, your household in a way that makes it so much more, so much easier for you yes. to actually work <clears throat> healthy. Um, oh, and that's beautiful. But coming back to the sugar and and your own story, because here you were um, gaining the weight and being were you more active? I mean, the United States? No, nope. I, I was probably less active because in England, we had to walk from place to place. Here in the US, we rely on cars and we drive from one place to another. <clears throat> so I was definitely less active. Okay. Um, I think what changed things for me was the fact that my I started with migraines when I had my first child. And when I moved here to Florida, they think I love living here in Florida because I do not like cold weather, but there are definitely drawbacks with our weather, with our seasonal allergies, which can go on all year long because of the environment. And so where I'd never had allergies or problems with sinuses, um, I started having that problem. I would have five or six very bad sinus infections per year that I was actually in the end given two different kind of antibiotics that I had to inhale twice a day. And on top of that, I was getting migraines every day. So I finally said, enough is enough. I cannot go on like this. And so I sought out two things. One was going back to um, school to learn about nutrition. And one was, I'm very lucky here where I live to have a, a headache rehab center. By this time, I was hooked on narcotics because that's what they'll readily give you for migraines as opposed to the migraine um, meds. So it was like a dual thing. I went to both at the same time and they both happened to be holistic. So I learned how to, I learned all of these poisons. I learned what it was I was eating, what I was doing that was making things worse. Mm -hmm. And I made a radical change in my life. Now, I don't teach people to make that radical change. But for me, when you're dealing with migraines every day, I had to make a radical change. And the change in my lifestyle 
totally changed the way I felt. I no, no longer fell asleep at my desk at three o'clock every afternoon. Um, I didn't have the migraines every day. And I started losing weight. Um, and I learned how, how to... It was funny because both programs were teaching the same thing about sugar. So I'm not saying if you're a sugar addict, absolutely stop everything now because that will throw you into a tailspin with headaches and feeling sick. Um, if you can start substituting like cacao powder, make um, you can make things simple as Greek yogurt, throw in some cacao powder, some chocolate nibs, and you've got your chocolate fix for the day. Um, there are different th things that you can do to get around it to where you're eating a healthier version. Absolutely. So for me, it was get off all that stuff. You don't have a chance not to, but I was also lucky enough to be going through all of the rehab program um, for the headaches. So I was able to manage like the rebound headaches that most people would get. So now you know, I make, I, because I'm addictive personality, I cannot go and eat one piece of chocolate. So I could not go home to England now and come back with all that chocolate and leave it in the freezer. I would have to eat it. So it's kind of all or nothing. So whereas we know dark chocolate, especially English dark chocolate, and probably in New Zealand too, is made from more pure cacao than we find here in the States. So I, I would say to people, well, you can eat a couple of pieces of um, dark chocolate instead. I can't because then it starts me off on this binge eating again. Okay. But uh, I, I learned what sugar was in what products and what to stay away from and just shop on the outside of the grocery aisles so mostly i went to a plant-based type of nice. of nice. eating exactly and that is so so amazing um i uh, forever i ran i ran a large pain clinic uh pain clinics here in in new zealand for a time and i was just tired constantly tired and i had always sent many of my patients to ben warren a nutritionist here in new zealand and they did he does an amazing job and then one day i actually went to him and said look i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired i've stopped drinking five years ago and it, all that fatigue all that you say it's the three o'clock hole in the afternoon oh god is that my life and well he we did some expensive testing and he basically said look you're allergic to a hell of a lot of foods um basically a nice german breakfast I'm allergic to the gluten, the dairy, etc. So it is not something that where I get sick, sick, but uh, it, my body gets a hammering with it. So we went onto a plant-based diet, um, and I it was an omission diet. So I threw out a lot of shit out of my out of my food. What should I say? Two months later, um, I felt very different. My hay fever was virtually gone was completely under control smelly feet gone um that mm. was not my main complaint but it was one of these things hang on hang on my body smells different um it was a little bit of niggles shoulder pains from old injuries gone and that was an eye-opener that was i think the biggest thing 
uh, for me to realize, oh my God, um, by simply changing nutrition, didn't change anything else. Uh, my life changed dramatically. So, and when you actually seriously take, when you take your change serious, um, miracles do happen. And I think we hear that again and again. You have experienced that. I have experienced it. And when we guide our patients and our 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 families through such transformations, inevitably uh, miracles will happen. But it takes action, and it takes knowledge, and it takes guidance. And I think all that that is missing in many people around us. But that's why the two of us are here. That's why I was so honored to bring you on. Because you're so passionate about it. Um, so if you were to think about uh, this enormous challenge of actually switching over everything, um, and you already get the idea, oh my God, that will not work. What would you tell that, let's talk, that, uh, let's uh, take that woman that we just mentioned, single mom, flat out, doesn't know where, where, up and down this, um, what would you advise her? Where to start? So it really depends on where they're at and what they're willing to do. So for a lot of my clients, I will start telling them, for one thing, let them know I'm here as your accountability partner. I'm here to help you, to support you, to encourage you in a judgment-free zone because I've been there, done that, and don't want them to feel bad. Mm. And I usually take them through a slow process. I try to let them be guided by easy steps to put into your life to get you from point A to point B. So her goal might be... I want to be plant-based in a year and I want to have lost 75 pounds, um, but I have a time restriction. For one thing, I would teach her time management skills. So time management is a huge part of it because we tend to think I am too busy to do this, that, and the other. So we, we look at a calendar, we decide so, for example, you can't fit exercise in. Well, can you fit in when you're at work, 10-minute walk around the block? So really just the easy steps. My goal is to get her to the point of you can spend a couple of hours on the weekend prepping all of your food for the week so that when you get home, you've only got a few things to throw together which will save you money and it will save you going through the drive-through, and it will give you healthier options. But I realized that getting them from point A to point B could be a process because at that point when I start seeing her, she has no idea how she could possibly make these changes. So I always begin with mindset, with whatever we do, whether it's weight loss, whether it's... Um, going through menopause, whether it's you've got a sugar addiction, whether you're not exercising, it's all mindset. You've got to get your mind in the place where you know you can do it. You think you're worth doing it for, because let me put it this way. People say, but I don't have time to do that. And I don't have, basically they're saying, I don't have time to be healthy, but do you have time not to be healthy? 
you can't afford not to choose healthy self, especially if you've got two young children that you're going to have to take care of for many years. So really, it's a case of making your health your priority, because if you're healthy, you're going to teach your kids how to be healthy and you're going to feel better. So immediately after, say, 14 days of eating a different kind of diet, as you said, you felt so different. Well, didn't we all? I stopped. I, I've had no more sinus infections since I changed my lifestyle. I lost the weight. I don't fall asleep. Um, you know, this is 10 years down the road and I've still got more energy than I had when I was in my 40s. So, you know, I start with mindset. I start with, it's really kind of goal setting, but in an easy, simple way. Um, they have to be realistic. And I'll even, um, you know, I'll, I'll show them because I'm a wellness cooking instructor as well. And even though I do it virtually, I can show them how to meal prep by video to make it simple to make it, it, we don't have to make big three course meals. We can make things very simple for ourselves. We can make vegetables, cut them up on the weekend, and then you can throw them into different recipes, cook them different ways. You can, you can cook, if you happen to like quinoa like I do, you can cook enough for a week. You can cook enough oats for a week. Um, it's amazing some of the quick steps so that you've got a simpler lifestyle, but a heck of a healthier lifestyle than you had before. And it takes the pressure off you because you've got more time than you had before. Absolutely. I know that sounds different, but mm. I, or, or like, well, how could that possibly be? But it really is. Absolutely. And you're, because you've taken action, you're no longer a victim. You're no longer passively suffering, but you have actually taken action and that makes you feel good. So yes. on the weekend, you could, for example, um, create a batch of tomato yes. sauce, of a sauce that you use either with your pasta or rice or whatever as a, as a baseline. Now, when I do a pasta sauce, that's not just a few tomatoes, <laughs> rest assured, because you can ha hide a lot of good shit in yes. your pasta sauce. Yes. So I'm renowned for a very tasty yummy beautiful sauce that has about eight nine veggies in it um and you can hide them and it is uh i dare to say restaurant quality um it's beautiful and i love to do it because it is saves me so much money i mean a, a jar of some some commercial uh, created tomato sauce is about wow. five six dollars here in new zealand and that's a lot of money and it doesn't actually go very far um I create them in batches of three, four liters and then uh, divvy them up and freeze them. Uh, and you got them out, end of the story. So that's that's already um, something very easy that you can use for whatever as a base for something else. Um, you can, I often, I love steaming. So uh, we've got a steamer um, or you can buy yourself any setup that allows you to steam. Uh, on a walk, water, and then some bamboo above it, anything works. Um, and you go there, put four cauliflowers or you know, two cauliflowers and, and six uh, broccoli uh, on there, steam it, um, then straight into the fridge. So there they are. 
Yes, you could argue, ah, but some of the nutrients will go bad over over time and, and mm, maybe you should do it all fresh. Ah, cut your losses. Um, how about you actually eating eating healthy uh, and still within your time-strapped means? But here you are. So you've got your tomato sauce ready to go. Um, the only thing, you maybe you, you get some mince or you get some whatever protein you want to like to put in there. Um, you might choose to have some carbs in there, um, maybe some brown rice rather than white rice. Um, brown rice is more expensive. Well, okay, how about you clubbing together with your friends and say, okay, tomorrow we're going to go to a really big shop and uh, one of these these uh, commercial shops. Um, if one of you has got a company, you get access to these. Um, and you, you're going to get yourself five kilogram or 10 kilogram bags of rice um, and then divvy it up amongst your, your friends. Um, very easy, much cheaper. Um, and again, you're taking action. And also for people that don't like brown rice, I always recommend to them brown basmati rice because it's got more the taste of a white rice, but it's a type of brown rice. Yeah. And people find it more palatable than they do the, the yeah. brown rice. Or even wild rice is a lot more healthy for you. Yeah. And it's beautiful. So see, already the two of us, because we have, we've been around the block a few times, we can come up naturally with these kind of things. But it's it's, of course, you're starting out. So please here you are probably still having the, the sugar crystals there from the donor uh, donut, uh, from a donut that you had a few minutes ago that's okay that's okay you have to start somewhere um but you let you know there is everything is about choice and about taking action yes yes um we were bedeviling the chocolate may i say i want you to eat chocolate guys go out there eat chocolate but <laughs> the right chocolate okay so cocoa uh, uh uh how did you pronounce it i Ma call it cacao cacao okay there you go <laughs> tomato tomato kind of thing um so uh the, the cocoa itself is incredibly healthy okay it's yes. very good for your um for your blood pressure it's very good for for your lifestyle for your uh lipid profile and the bloods etc so actually chocolate is good just not what you understand as chocolate the right. sweet kind of stuff but if you go 92 95 percent cocoa or cacao um now that's healthy hell healthy as hell um and what you eat is you eat one or two squares and that daily, maybe with some eight almonds or eight walnuts, um, if you combine that, I promise you that will make a difference to your health. So let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's just learn more about what is really good and what is maybe not so good. So therefore, um, uh, cocoa and certain ingredients that are coming naturally, we actually need that. We want that, but it is a, it's not a treat. It's one little portion, which means really two little squares um, in a day. But that would be something like the eight almonds and that, that would be my snack at work. Uh, when I was sort of getting a bit peckish, then I eat that. And I know, A, I've done something good for myself and B, um, it, it just fills that hole um, in between the meals. Um, so again, these are little tricks and you're preparing for them. 
and you're preparing, you can prepare weeks ahead for that little oh, 10 o'clock. Oh, I want that muffin. I want that donut. Give me that cheesecake. Well, if you have a little box with some bits in there at work, preparation, planning. Uh, and I have wonderful recipes for things like chocolate muffins um, that that are a healthy version of it. Nice. Because I, I don't think that we should go through life depriving ourselves or starving ourselves. What What's the point, even if you're living a healthy lifestyle, there's no point to it if you never have any fun and you never eat some of the things that you enjoy. So I, I've got alternative desserts, alternative sweet ideas that um, help me through. Which is beautiful. So it is indeed we are not not fun busters. Uh, we are not not not, uh, you know, I love uh, I love good food. But I'm actually I haven't maybe have become a little bit of a snob because I know uh, what it takes to create good, really lovely food. I know the prices. I know everything. So therefore, when I go to a restaurant and I'm served shit, I'm I'm not taking that lightly. <laughs> so it's it's an interesting interesting journey that that we go through once you put your mind to it and once you to actually your uh, once you start educating your your mind but also your body. Maybe one thing that we need to say is um, you're you're embarking on some beautiful changes, and when I say there was a bliss point that is artificially created by the the companies, well. What you're doing now is you're unfortunately throwing some of that particular artificial high bliss out of your life. So that perfectly salty, sweet, crunchy thing, I'm sorry. That's the reason why you don't eat one chip or crisp, however you call them in your part of the world. Um, so you're throwing that out. So you will find that your taste actually changes. And after a month or two, if you were then to have a piece of chocolate, uh, commercial chocolate, you think, oh, that's sweet. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Uh, so that's a very common thing. So you can train your taste buds. Um, you can change. And how far you go is completely up to you. But every everything you do, every second, you have choices. I think that's so beautiful. You're not a victim. You're not. The past does not equal the future. So whatever you have eaten in the past, who cares? Um, the question is, what are we doing now? And that intentional living is beautiful. So, Lynn, you you are modeling it. You're teaching others um, how to do it. So, and and if you don't know where to start, it would be quite nice to actually have an accountability partner. So, Lynn, if if people are gelling with you and uh, they they realize, okay, actually. Wow, uh, that that journey sounds good. The two of them, they seem to be numb nuts, but they they actually got their 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 act together. Um, how can they get hold of you? Yeah, so my website is holistic-healthandwellness.com, and there is a contact page there. So they would just need to leave me a message and let me know that they want a free call with me, and I do offer a free thirty minute call. So I'm always glad to talk to somebody, see how I can help them, give them a couple of resources and see if we're a good fit to work together. 
absolutely. And if you want to check out more of Lynn, you have got a podcast, haven't you? I do. Living Life Naturally with Lynn Wadsworth. Indeed. So you can actually just sneakily check her out and get some more idea about it and some ideas how to live a life so full of joy that really uh, you you somehow forget that you need alcohol or that you need sweets or whatever your 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 habit is at the moment that doesn't suit you so well anymore. Uh, so maybe there are better habits and and it's one step at a time. Don't go all on nuts. Okay, tomorrow we change the world. Uh, it won't work. Uh, remember last January, the first of January, the New Year's resolutions. I don't know how far you are with them. Probably by now, most of you will have ditched them. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> no accountability on crazy goals. Um, and then, you know, the, the life overtakes you. That's okay. The past does not equal the future. I think that's what I want to introduce you to. There is hope out there. Um, I myself have um, have fallen foul of the sugars and the emotional overeating. So far today, we have focused really on the sugar and really what sugar does to the body. Um, and processed food, highly refined food. The reality is what we haven't touched upon is all the emotions that are really included with the food. And there is a reason that many of you out there are overweight. Um, there's a good reason that you are probably were interested in listening to this podcast because, yeah, there is the emotional overeating. Stress for me is one of the biggest things. I just want that food. Give me that little bite. Ah, rubbish. Give me half of the fridge. Um, who am I to, <laughs> to complain? So it's the emotional overeating that I felt foul for a long time. And when when I left with Lynn, what you said, you didn't say change the foods. You said change your lifestyle, change your mindset, focus on your why. And I think that is so important. What 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 do you think about the what is your why question? Is that something? I think that that's hugely important. Yes. And for, um, for me, because I started having abused my body with all of this junk I put in there, mm. I started early with high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all these um, sinus issues. Um, and just when I changed my life, I so my cholesterol went way back down. My blood pressure went way back down. Uh, it just made such a difference. So my why is always my health. So not so much now for my children, although they're important, but for my grandchildren, I still want to be here for many years to come and living a healthy lifestyle definitely gives us that longevity that we want. That's so true. And maybe you guys out there, if you... If you're actually serious about that and want to reinforce that a bit, make yourself a list and write down why you want to start eating healthier or living a different life. And not just, oh, I want to be healthy. No, be precise. What exactly will it give you? 
Will you look better in a mirror? Nothing wrong with that. Will you be a better father or mother? Will you be a better lover? Will you be a better whatever it is? Write it all down in minute details. And then that's a really powerful way of actually reminding yourself, hmm, okay, that is why I want to do that. And now that you know the why, well, we have started giving you some ideas about the how. Um, and it's just then actually putting that extra little time in, in the preparation, which then oh, is like compound interest during the week when you've done your, your meal prepping beforehand. It makes it so much easier. It also encourages the next generation to actually do something. When I do the meal prep and have half of things prepared in the fridge, my young teenagers and now early twins, um, they can throw things together that are actually very yummy. So you're a role model now. Um, you're actually teaching others and you're giving back to society, giving back to your family. Look at all that. These are all fantastic things. Just with you actually changing your mind. How beautiful is that? Lynn, I love what you do. I love the, the work you do. Um, you are focusing uh, often on women in the perimenopause uh, period, which is its own, own uh, quagmire of, of challenges. <laughs> Not only have you got now all the sugar and the issues that of, of social engineering, you've got all the hormonal changes, the transformation of a woman into a different time in her life um where often enough there is a reset where often enough women are actually saying okay the kids are grown up um who is that blob on the couch next to me <laughs> they're they're questioning a lot of things so maybe yes. it's a good start it's a good start to question the lifestyle that you have been living and uh it's all maybe part and parcel so Guys, you have taken already action. The sheer fact that you're listening to this interview this far means, okay, we have we have rung a few bells. How cool is that? Your life is about to change if you take action. And you could do far worse than hop over to uh, Lynn's podcast and, and get a bit of a better idea about her. Uh, look down there into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast because you have got all of Lynn's uh, details there. It's very easy for you to, to get hold of her. Um, and whilst you're down there, press the like and subscribe button so that you don't miss out on all the, the cool interviews that I'm doing with lovely guests such as you, Lynn. Thank you so Thank you. much for coming onto my show. If there is, if you had a little time machine and you could go back to the younger version of yourself and you could send one message back to the younger version of yourself, what would you tell that version? I would tell that version to get more knowledge about the whole aspect of health so that I could live a much healthier, happier life. And there was it. so much I didn't know back then. <laughs> and what you said there is so important, a happier life. Uh, so healthy and happy actually going hand in hand. And we keep forgetting that. And so now it's oh, beautiful. Lynn, thank you so much. It was an honor to have you. Thank you. you. It was great. 
Absolutely. And you guys out there, so many tips today, so much focus on be, living a life so beautiful that that uh, today becomes chalice of, uh, that yesterday becomes chalice of today. Um, so it's actually beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Look after yourself and live with passion. Bye. I never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around.